0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse and this week we're looking forward to the NCAA Championships for the skiing and track and field programs. The lacrosse teams combined to go 3-1 over the course of last week and the softball season begins this week in Florida. We chat with head coach Mikel Barnes. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's lacrosse team opened their season with a 19-7 win over Wellesley on Wednesday. Camille Bell-Tate and Kaylee McGuire led the way with four goals apiece and nine different Bobcats found the back of the net in the victory. The game was played in some very foggy conditions at Garcelon Field. We chatted with head coach Brett Allen after Bates wrapped up the win. Is this the foggiest game you've been involved in in quite a while, if ever? Uh, It's the foggiest
1: game I've ever been a part of. We've had some foggy practices, but usually it burns off when the sun comes out, but the sun did not come out today, so definitely the foggiest.
0: And I guess lacrosse, though, you're used to playing kind of bizarre weather. Last year that snowstorm at Bowdoin, this year this crazy fog. I mean, the team doesn't seem to be bothered by it, though, right? Well, you have to sort of just take what the weather gives you
1: because the the joke is that um, this is a spring sport, but in the NESCAC, lacrosse is definitely a winter sport. So uh, the fog when there's snow and uh, temperatures that fluctuate, it's just par for the course.
0: First game of the year overall, your thoughts, how it went?
1: Uh, Very pleased. You know, The first game you don't know what to expect because you've only been practicing against yourselves for two weeks, and so there's a lot of things you want to try. Uh, There's a lot of things that you're hoping to see, and I think we definitely saw some things that we were uh, looking forward to to hopefully doing, offense and defense.
0: Uh, Camilo touched on the fact that a lot of different players were able to score goals today. That must be encouraging for you as a coach because I know last year you had Mariah scoring a lot of the goals, and now it's uh, very balanced, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Yes, uh, I feel like our ball movement is a little bit quicker. I think our off-ball movement um, and player movement away from the ball is really good uh, so far. So hopefully that continues. Um, It definitely created a lot of opportunities for a lot of different people tonight. So uh, I would like to think that
0: turns into a trend as opposed to a one-time thing. The Bobcats opened NESCAC play on Sunday at Wesleyan and found themselves down by four in the second half. But Bates scored the final four goals of regulation, including Teal-Otley's game-tying goal with 17 seconds to go, forcing overtime. Unfortunately, the Cardinals won the game 9-8 on a goal with just a minute left in the extra period. Bates will look to bounce back this Wednesday at Babson. Speaking of Babson, the men's lacrosse team took on the Beavers on the road last Wednesday. Trailing by one heading into the fourth quarter, Bates scored the final three goals of the game, winning 10-8. They followed that up with a 15-14 win over Wesleyan at Garcelon Field on Sunday. The Cardinals made it interesting by scoring three goals in the final two minutes, 15 seconds. But the Bobcats held on, fending off a final Wesleyan attack. Head coach Peter Lasagna joined the Bobcast after the win. What was going through your mind? What did you tell your team at the last time out there when they had the ball with down one?
2: I said we needed to get one stop to win this game. That's fairly evident. Uh, they're really tough and they play really hard and they don't stop. I think we all felt when we had a three or four goal lead or whatever it got to in the fourth quarter that we were in pretty good shape. But welcome to the NESCAC. As I said to these guys, we end every practice with a game to one. This is why.
0: And then uh, Andrew Melvin, a big day-to-day. Uh, you mentioned him during our preseason interview of being a guy who's really good and maybe a little underrated. What do you see from him out there?
2: I just thought, and again, I just remember one or two of them, but uh, what he's doing right now is playing like a lead Attackman on a good team, and he turned the corner a couple times on those goals. Just him on a one-on-one matchup, we did a good job of getting people out of his way so they couldn't double him, and he just turned the corner and stung it for some really big goals. He's, he's just playing like a senior.
0: Rob Strain, first year, got some action there in goal.
2: What did you see from him? He did. Uh, well, We just I, I thought Mitchell was actually okay in the first half. There were probably a couple that he should have had. Um, but the main thing was that we just weren't clearing the ball very well, and so I wanted to give Rob. Rob throws the ball really well. He's very athletic, so I just wanted to give him a chance in the clearing game, and I'll I'll wait until I I, I see the tape to see how well he played, but we won a game.
0: Absolutely, and then what did you tell your team afterwards?
2: I just said I love getting NESCAC wins. Every one of them is a playoff game, quite honestly, um, and we've now got a week to get better.
0: Yeah, you got a week to prepare for a tough Amherst team, right?
2: Yeah, they're very, very very good. It's been a while um, since we have gotten the better of them, um, be very curious about their result today, but it's nice for us. I know Charlie Faye's banged up a bunch of guys are afraid of so it's nice for us to have a full week to prepare.
0: All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Attacker Andrew Melvin had quite a week for the men's lacrosse team. He scored three goals, including the eventual game winner against Babson, and followed that up by matching his career high with four goals against Wesleyan. For his efforts, Andrew Melvin is our male Bobcat of the week. Midweek game, you're going to Babson, preparing for your first NESCAC game, kind of a trap game, right, but you guys pulled out the victory. So what was that game like there on the road? Right,
3: so um, going down to Babson, um, you know, coach wanted us to be fully thinking about Babson and not thinking about Wesleyan. Um, But uh, the result of that score might uh, suggest otherwise, you know. It was 10-8, it was a little too close for comfort. Um, but it was a great game in preparation for Wesleyan for sure um, you know Babson's a great team all credit to him um, they came out hot you know and uh, I don't think we were expecting them to play at that pace um, but uh, like coach always says you know uh, lacrosse is a boxing match you know uh, each team's gonna throw their punches and uh, it, how you respond is really uh, what matters so you know Babson came out strong and, and uh, came at us with a quick, uh, quick couple, and we just had to like, stay calm and poised and uh, respond with our own uh, punches, so to say.
0: Yeah, you were able to respond late in the game with a big assist to Charlie Fay and a big goal of your own, but what's it like to have Charlie now full-time on attack with you?
3: I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, you know, we're housemates this year. Uh, we've been roommates in previous years, you know, so uh, just having him down on attack, is he's just a weapon down there. I mean, coming out of the midfield last year, uh, like, equally a weapon. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for teams – uh, to plan to, I guess, try and shut them down. So having them on attack, you know, we get the two-man game going behind the net. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, you know.
0: Absolutely. And then obviously you knew Wesley was going to be a tough one, quite the battle there. Uh, how nervous were you late when they were scoring those goals in the final minute where you are like, oh, what's going on?
3: <laughs> um, yeah, we had, I think it was a three or four goal yeah. lead in the last minute or so, and then they uh, they came back with uh, I think we got a penalty and they scored and then they won the ensuing face off and scored so it was it was pretty nerve-wracking but I had a lot of faith in our defense I mean they were playing a tremendous game um, all throughout that they were shutting down their uh, their go-to guys so to say Um, you know so I had faith we can pull it out.
0: Well, obviously with you playing attack obviously you love it but you can't go past a certain line so you have to just watch what how was what, what that experience like just having to watch a lot of the game sometimes
3: right um, you know you got to stay poised and like a lot of times you get kind of jittery if the ball is down the other side for a while um, so like if we get the ball we want to go right to the net and start attacking but uh, we got to give our defense a little break here and there um, so it, it's it's a mind game as much as it is physical, um, so you gotta play that in. Um, but you know, late in the game, like I said, we had a lot of confidence in our defense to pull it out.
0: You had a, you matched your career high with four goals against Wesley, and what was opening up for you personally on the attack?
3: Um, Faye and
0: I kind of noticed
3: that they were their slides were coming late um, and like one-on-one dodges, so we fully took advantage of that. Um, but also, I, I was uh, on the receiving end of uh, some great passes in on man up, too. Uh, so I just capitalized on that.
0: Yeah, because those man up situations, obviously, with the penalties, sometimes they can be 30 seconds, a minute. You guys really took advantage of, I think, there was a two-minute penalty there, right?
3: Right. They had a two-minute locked in, I think, and uh, that was when we were down, I think, three to one. So we got two goals on that penalty, which put it back to even, which was big for us.
0: Lacrosse, in general, is a very high-scoring sport, and as an attack guy, you must embrace that, right? <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean, we, we, we try and uh, play as quick and fast as we can, and we, we want to score as much as possible.
0: You've got a first year on attack with you in Lestava, What's that been like so far?
3: Uh, he's been great. You know, he's hit the ground running, um, really fits into the offense well, moves the ball, moves himself uh, throughout our offense, um, you know, communicates well with Faye and I. Uh, yeah, we've we've liked them a lot.
0: Great. Now you've got this week to prepare for Amherst, a team that you guys haven't beaten in a few years now, and so they're a tough opponent. What do you know from them in the past, and what are you trying to adjust maybe for this year?
3: Right, so, like you said, um, this is the one team that my senior class has uh, yet to beat, Um, so we're really eager to get after them. Um, They're a good team. they got a lot of young talent. uh, Even though they graduated their their uh top point scorers from last year but uh they beat bowden 17 12 uh this weekend so we're gonna you know we we didn't have practice today because of the seven day rule but uh everybody's getting their lifts in we're watching film so you know as soon as the Wesleyan game ended, we moved on to Amherst, and we're, we're ready for them.
0: Well, it's funny you touched on that, because last year, for last year's senior class, it was Williams. That right. was a team they'd never beaten, and now it's Amherst for you guys, so it's kind of a similar situation, isn't it?
3: Yeah, similar situation, <laughs> you know, and we're really hoping we can uh, pull this one out.
0: All right, well, Andrew Melvin, our male bobcat of the week, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Aaron. The men's and women's squash teams competed at the College Squash Association Individual Championships over the weekend at Dartmouth College. Senior Ahmed Hatata defeated Trandy's Rick Penders three to one on Friday to advance to the national quarterfinals. But on Saturday, Hatata ran into eventual national champion Osama Khalifa, who won the match three to nothing. Hatata, who won the twenty seventeen NETSCAC Player of the Year Award, finishes his decorated career with a record of seventy nine and ten and becomes the second four time All American in Bates men's squash history. On the women's side, first-year Lutza Polgar defeated her opponent 3-0 in the first round of the Holleran North Bracket on Friday. On Saturday, after winning her quarterfinals match, Polgar eventually fell in the semifinals to the eventual champion, Cornell's Margot Losty, three games to one. The women's tennis team fell to number 21 nationally ranked Brandeis by a score of 6-3 on Friday, but bounced back to win 9-0 over Mount Holyoke on Saturday. Senior Libby Vacola went undefeated over the course of the two matches. She won 6 4, 6 love, and number 6 singles on Friday, prevailed 8 6 with Hannah Londoner at number 3 doubles on Saturday, and capped off her 3 0 weekend with a 6 3, 7 5 win and number 4 singles on Saturday as well. For her performance, Libby Vacola is our female Bobcat of the Week.
4: It was really nice to be back on our home courts. Uh, we just got back from California, so it's different playing up inside, excuse me, um, but it was definitely fun to have two home matches.
0: And then against Brandeis, you won at number six singles. What stood out about that match to you?
4: Um, well, Brandeis is, uh, you know, a great team in general, and they have a lot of talent this year, but I think for the overall match, every single person on the team really competed. Um, in my personal match, it was um, definitely a fight, and I was like, I was down one-four, and then came back in the first set, and I think that really um, pushed for momentum, made it definitely a different match. But it was yeah,
0: great. And then the team itself got nine-nothing win over Mount Holyoke, a very strong performance. And you got to play at doubles. Do you enjoy uh, playing doubles when you get the opportunity?
4: Yeah, of course. I love both <laughs> doubles and singles. Typically. You know, just in the past, I've always played singles. So it was always fun to jump in the doubles lineup and especially played with um, a sophomore who was, it was just a blast to play and um, definitely fun to play both.
0: Is it a, kind of a rare opportunity for you to play doubles? How many times have you done it? Do you remember?
4: Um, Yeah, in the past, I haven't jumped in a ton. Um, I've played definitely in a few matches. So it's definitely a treat to get in there when I can. It was fun.
0: And you were able to play up at number four singles? Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, you know, tougher competition perhaps there at number four as opposed to number six. And you'd already played a doubles match. You weren't feeling too tired or anything? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, definitely not tired. Yeah. But it was fun, yeah, to be up at four. You know, typically I've played at five and six in my past. So it's different, definitely different. But, again, it's just, like, all about the fight and just competing and kind of regardless of where you are in the lineup.
0: So you're a senior this year. Um, first of all, can you believe it? You're already a senior?
4: <laughs> I literally, I can't. It's crazy. Second semester, so crazy. Last tennis season, so, but I guess it goes by quickly. <laughs>
0: Have you set any goals for this senior year?
4: Yeah, just for, I guess, one major goal of our team in general is really just um, to work on fighting and competing for, you know, like the greater good of the team, and I think definitely definitely, this what's so special about this year and this team is that we have some major depth but everyone is just a fighter and they compete um, from top to bottom no matter where you play Um, so you know that would I guess going into this year that was always a goal just to have everyone compete and have a great team culture and you know we're we're there and I think that I think it will lead to some good things down the road. Yeah, because it's interesting
0: because, like, tennis is – people think of tennis as an individual sport, obviously. Yeah, yeah it, it is a lot of, you know, singles, matches and whatnot. But, like, when you're not playing doubles and you're just playing singles, you you have a chance to root on your teammates who are playing doubles, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, it's great. I think that's one of the best things about the team this year is that – not not like it hasn't been in years past, but especially this group is, like, we're all competing, you know – although it's individually, but we're all competing for each other. And I think you can kind of feel it. You know, it's the aura around the courts. And I definitely think, um, you know, when I watch doubles out there, um, they're competing, you know, for everyone else too. So I think that's definitely something that's especially special about this team.
0: So um, Paul Gassingay, your head coach, coaches the women's team and the men's Mm -hmm. team. Uh, Obviously, he's been the coach for a number of years. What's he like as a head coach?
4: Oh, he's amazing. He's definitely been – a mentor to me and, you know, everyone else on the team. Um, he was the reason – he was one of the main reasons why I came to Bates. Um, you know, I think what what makes him so awesome is he, one, is from Lewiston, two, went to Bates and played on the tennis team. So he knows what it likes it's like to be in your position, and I think that's what makes him so great. And then he's just a brilliant tennis coach in general, just, you know, one of the most well-known coaches in the NESCAC, so –
0: Yeah, because back when you were looking for colleges, um, it it probably stood out that he had so many connections to the program, right?
4: Oh, yeah, totally. And, like, um, I actually was planning on going to Colby up until the last day. (laughs) And I ended up switching um, the day that the uh, payment was due. And he was one of the reasons why... Um, I ended up switching. So, and it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. So,
0: it's <laughs> so kind of a Division Three version of a signing day surprise. There. Yeah,
4: right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally.
0: Did you like call up and tell them we were changing your mind?
4: Um, yep. So, basically, on, um, I think it's due May 1st or something. Uh, I think I came up here April 28th or something with my dad and looked through the tour, like, did a tour one more time, Ta- had lunch with Paul and um, Assistant Coach Woods, and. I was like on the way home, I was like, you know what, yep, Bobcat. So, it was, yeah, I called him, texted him, he was pumped, so (laughs) it's been a good decision since.
0: Absolutely, and so do you relish the matches against Colby a little bit more? Because it's like, this is a team I was almost on. (laughs) Yeah,
4: no, definitely, and plus I always liked, you know, anyone who goes to Bates always likes to beat Colby or Bowden and something, so, you know, but definitely.
0: Excellent. Now, you do have a bunch of road matches coming up, right? You're not, I don't think you're home again until April. And yep. so uh, Is that always a challenge for these longer like, road trips, essentially?
4: Um, I wouldn't say it's a challenge. It's definitely, obviously, different because we're, mostly we're going to be playing indoors except for when we go to Virginia. We'll try to get outdoors. Um, so sometimes it's, it can be a little difficult uh, adjusting just to the wind. Sun's a factor now. Um, so I'd say that's more of like those type of challenges but i mean it's always fun to travel team good bonding yeah. and it's fun to compete no matter where you are so do you prefer indoors or outdoors does it make a difference to you um not really but it's definitely something you got to take into account cuz i mean when you're indoors there's no things like the wind or the sun so sometimes it can be you can get outdoors and totally forget about stuff like that so um again i think just you know practicing outdoors is fun we have great courts here so it's fun to use them um but then again it I really don't have like too much too much of a preference
0: I love asking tennis players at this level about this what is it like having self-officiating like you're you 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 have to agree upon like you and your opponent are basically officiating the match right
4: yeah (laughs) it's um you know I get that question like a lot and I think all of tennis players get it um I really like it because it's I think definitely different from having, different from having refs in other sports. And you have this kind of honesty code, and I think that's kind of unique to the sport, and that's what I kind of like about it. Um, I know, like, when we go to California, we do have refs, so that's just, um, and they're awesome, and they help out, but really, you're still uh, your own official on your own court. So, you know, I've never had too many troubles with that, so... And I don't think a lot of people on the team have, so.
0: All right, great. And then any other thoughts on you know, the past week and uh, you know how you're feeling about your senior year so far?
4: Um, no, I definitely am excited. The season just started, so we have a lot, many more matches to go, <laughs> many more trips, so um, that's exciting. And I guess I'm excited to do stuff I haven't done at Bates before. All right, well,
0: Libby Vicola, thanks so much for joining us, and congrats again on being our female Bobcat of the week.
4: Thank you so much.
0: The Bobcat Alpine and Nordic skiing teams compete at the NCAA Championships this week. We chatted with Nordic skiing Sadie James last week, so this week we caught up with the two Alpine skiers representing Bates at Nationals, senior Kelsey Chenoweth and sophomore Michael Cooper. Kelsey, this is your second trip to the NCAA Championships. You came up just short last year, but you made it your sophomore year, so it must be pretty gratifying, right, to make it back now your senior season.
5: Yeah, it was definitely pretty disappointing last year being so close, but not, not getting in there. Um, but I'm glad I my senior year, it's, it's going to be a good ending to my career as a, a ski racer, so I'm excited I got to have this opportunity again.
0: Absolutely. And Michael, this will be your first trip to Nationals. Um, were you, that was probably your goal entering the season, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, definitely it's the, the goal of every right. college athlete, but um, something I definitely didn't expect walking into the um, beginning of the season. But um, now that it happened, it's kind of a crazy feeling, but stoked to ski fast at Champs.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Kelsey, do you have any advice from Michael for his first trip based on what you learned from your first trip two years ago?
5: It's just an all-around great experience. Um, it's really fun. Uh, even if you don't ski well it's just a, a full week of just uh, really good competitors and it's just really fun to see everyone ski and just a really fun time.
0: <laughs> and we've talked with Michael a little bit about um, Michaela Holland your your first year head coach this year uh, but I want your impression as a senior obviously or last year you get a new head coach what was that like?
5: Uh, it's definitely different uh, it was a different uh, coaching style but it's it's definitely worked. <laughs> so, um yeah, I had Rogan for 3 years and then coming into senior year, uh we lost both our uh head and assistant coach. So it was like a a full um a full redo or a, a makeover rather. Um but I it, it's awesome. Uh, I really like her. She's she's really a good coach and uh it's got me here. So <laughs>
0: and Michael the Bates Carnival 6th place finish there in the slalom for you did you did you think coming in you needed like a top 10 to clinch up a spot or were you already pretty confident about where you were
6: um yeah Michaela and um, Rogan actually from last year <laughs> i had like kind of said that I needed another like top 10 uh-huh. at least um, to get into nationals and I was sitting in like 15th after first run and then kind of was like alright well I'm just gonna try to ski fast and just go for it and um, ended up Skiing pretty well, so um, the sixth place definitely was like exactly what I needed to get in. Like, <laughs> if I had gotten seventh, I wouldn't have gotten in, so <laughs> it was kind of a funny coincidence.
0: When did you find out you'd made it? Like, what would someone tell you, or what happened there? Um, on the hill like right before like the final awards ceremony
6: like um at the bates carnival um michaela kind of hinted at the fact that like i had unofficially made it they didn't come out with like the the full official list until like maybe like, a few days later so it wasn't like i didn't really believe it until like a few days later but um it was like
0: that day awesome awesome and then kelsey i know this year yeah you, you, you know, had some great early um carnival performances and then you had an injury uh, how scary was that injury and how relieved were you when you were able to come back there
5: Yeah, I really, uh, I hadn't really gotten uh, injured before that, so I didn't really know what to expect, knock on wood, Um, but it was definitely a scary experience, not sure what it was at first and um, thinking, will I not finish my senior year of skiing, will I just be blown out, but thankfully it was uh nothing too serious so getting back into it was uh not a huge deal but still uh enough to like throw me off for a for a couple races but um got back into it so that's good had enough time
0: Excellent. And then, um, Michael, we talked about this a little bit before, but you know, you have the slalom, you have the giant slalom. I find it interesting that you seem to be, you seem to excel in the slalom and Kelsey seems to excel in the giant slalom. So what's the skill set or what differences between the two in, in your opinion? Um, I think
6: for slalom, it's a lot, I guess like a lot quicker, gotta be like more on top of it. Um, a lot more technical. You gotta be, like to be super like, technically sound to at least have two clean runs. It's so like so easy to make a mistake. Um, and then in GS, got to be a lot more like what we say is like sendy. Got to like basically just point the skis and go down to, like as fast as you can. And so like anyone who can do that, Kelsey's pretty good at going straight. So
0: <laughs> so
6: GS is uh, she's pretty good GS. But um, I think like that's like pretty much
0: make the, the main differences. So the GS, obviously, uh, you're you're very good at being sendy. I'm trying to learn the lingo. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, way back in my high school days, I was a really big fan of speed, so downhill, just going downhill basically. Um, so GS is definitely the closest to that for the carnival circuit. It's only the slalom and GS. Um, it kind of rose for me this year. I was kind of in like pretty equal in my slalom and GS before this, but. Uh, something clicked this year, and I excelled in the GS. And yeah.
0: So obviously, the course you're going to, you've both skied before. So what's it like?
6: Um, so the slalom is pretty steep and sustained, like all the way down. Um, from the from what we ran in the carnival earlier this year, they're starting about like 15 gates higher. So the slalom will be a lot, a lot longer than what it was, which it was already super long. Very but long. Long. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely like one of the longest slaloms on the circuit. But it should be like like a ton of fun I mean it's just gonna like super steep it's gonna be like one of the most like um definitely like one of the most like, legit hills like on the circuit and so I think um Cannon Mountain was like a great place for NCAA this year
0: great great and then uh Kelsey um your it's your last collegiate event I mean has that sunk in yet for you
5: definitely not <laughs> I don't know when it will but I'm not looking forward to that day. <laughs> it's been my life since I was like two years old, so it's definitely going to be a change come next year.
0: Do you have your sights set on competing and skiing outside of college after you graduate? Anything like that? Just even you know for fun, almost <laughs> occasional <laughs> events.
5: Yeah, it's very hard to really continue skiing, mm. especially at this level. Of, like co- college is basically like where it ends for a lot of people. Mm. Um, definitely for fun, I'll be, like, maybe in the like, um, the fun little ski bum races or, or just free skiing in general. But I will not be found off of skis much. <laughs>
0: All right, well, we're looking forward to the NCAA championships coming up very shortly in Alpine skiing. Kelsey Chenoweth, Michael Cooper, thanks so much.
3: Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
0: The Bates men's and women's track and field teams travel to Naperville, Illinois, for the NCAA Division III Indoor Championships this weekend. Senior Captain Allison Hill will compete in the 60-meter hurdles and the 200-meter dash. Junior Sally Cisse will compete in the triple jump, and Senior Captain Jessica Wilson will participate in the 3,000-meter run. Both the men's and the women's squad qualified a distance medley relay team, and Junior Ray Fakiridi will compete in the 35-pound weight throw. Hill has high hopes after finishing ninth in the 60-meter hurdles last year at the NCAA Championships behind eight runners who have now graduated. He'll join the Bobcast to look forward to the NCAA Championships. What's it like to be running two events, you think, this year instead of one?
7: Uh, It's really exciting because going down there for an eight-second race is kind of a lot to put all your uh, uh, work into. So I think it's nice having two races. Hopefully they'll both go great, but it's nice not having to. Like put all the pressure onto one race, I think
0: yeah absolutely, and what did you learn from last year's experience because last year was your first trip to nationals that you're going to apply to this year's trip?
7: Mm-hmm. um, I think it's just focusing on yourself because there's a lot of a lot of girls there and a lot of really elite athletes, and kind of if you let that get to your head, it might um kind of ruin not ruin your experience, but I think you just need to focus on why you're here and the reason that you got here, so me just focusing on my own practice before the races and not getting the whole event uh get to i don't want to have too much pressure on me so just focusing on myself i think is what's going to help
0: absolutely now before the year obviously you probably were anticipating you know returning in the 60 meter hurdle to nationals but the 200 meter dash were you expecting that or was that more of a surprise for you
7: yeah, that was definitely a surprise. Uh, getting down like a 24-9 on the bank track was something that I just really never thought was possible because I was running like 28s in high school. So that was definitely uh, really exciting. I never really thought I could go for the 200 because it is a really fast event. So I think I'm really just honored to be able to go in that event and hopefully can – Perform on the flat track also.
0: Yeah, and so flat track versus bank track, what's the difference? Um, and I mean, obviously bank track's faster, and but I mean, how do you adjust on a fast track or do you just keep the same mechanics and everything?
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to keep the same mechanics. You just don't get that extra push or coming off the bank that you would with a bank track. So just really keeping the momentum going throughout the curve is going to be important for the 200.
0: you got some fellow seniors coming with you, right?
7: Yeah, fellow senior captains as well. So Jess and Claire. Um, we'll be going in the DMR and I think Jess is also doing the 3k, which is exciting for her too. And yeah, so I think this is great to like share our last indoor nationals experience together as captains.
0: And then at nationals, do you get the chance to watch everyone else do their events also?
7: Yeah, I think how the schedule is laid out, we'll all get, get to watch everyone's, um, events because I think the DMR is towards the end of the day and my events are towards the beginning of the day. And then Sally's on Saturday, I believe. So I think that would be nice that we can all see each other and the boys as well, which will be good to see everyone.
0: Obviously, last year you were were ninth in the 60-meter hurdle, so you were so close. And then you got All-American in the outdoor season. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that must have been really satisfying last spring. And so... I mean, it, does it kind of relieve the pressure a little bit this time around, or are you, you still, like, saying, okay, this, need a, this time I want it in, indoor?
7: <laughs> yeah, I think it even puts more pressure right now <laughs> because getting that ninth place and also having – they were eight seniors ahead of me and being that last person. So going in as number one, I think, already puts the – uh, extreme pressure and every, yeah, 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 and everyone's you know <laughs> out to get you in that sense. Not out to get you, but you do kind of have a target on your back. So that's something that I just gotta. I just want to go in thinking like this is any other race, and really just know that no matter what happens, I'm just happy to get here. But I think. It'd be great to, you know, get better than ninth, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, right. but I definitely have some high standards that I want to set.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't even want to mention that. I mean, is, yeah, you are number one, and that, but, like, for hurdles 60 meters, it's a matter of a snap of fingers, right?
7: Right, yeah. We're all separated by hundredths of seconds, yeah. so... Um, which it and and anyone's race, the eight second race can go any way depending on who gets a good start, who hits a hurdle, who doesn't hit a hurdle. So I think it's going to be really important just getting out on that first race so that I can hopefully make it to the finals because it's the preliminary race that really matters. Mm-hmm. And, um, the final does too, but the prelim is where it all comes down to.
0: Yeah, just get into that final, right? right.
7: <laughs> yeah, and then don't fall start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so you you touched on this earlier, but it, how weird is it too, like? fly halfway across the country for an event that's going to ma- last you know a matter of seconds
7: yeah i mean ask my parents on that one because they <laughs> come <laughs> but uh yeah so i think it it's definitely something that i mean i've never experienced ex- until college and it does put it's not like jumps where you get three tries you get one try and if you know if it doesn't go your way it doesn't go your way so i think that's just going, being able to perform under pressure is something that usually I've done pretty well in the past, um, but especially at these meets, it's really important. And so I think, especially now that I have the 200 as well, it maybe takes a little more pressure off because I have like more of a 26 26 second race or something. (laughs) So we get out, it's like a 30 seconds all that I'll be running, but um, yeah, I think it's something awesome, but it's a great experience that I get to go out to try.
0: You mentioned so your parents are coming out also to support you and everything?
7: Right, yeah. They, they're they not going to miss it, but it's great. My mom's a flight attendant, so they'll get free flights out there. <laughs> okay. So They're not spending too much money out there, but, yeah, they're excited also. Did they go last year also? They did go last okay. year, yeah. And they're so happy that I got there. Ninth was hard, my 100th of second. So, you know, I'm gunning for that uh, top eight this year.
0: All right, well, Allie Hill, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. We're looking forward to the NCAA championship. All
7: right, thank you, Aaron.
0: While winter sports are wrapping up, Spring sports are still getting underway. The softball team opens their 2017 campaign this Thursday in Florida at eight in the morning. Well, it's time to preview the 2017 Bates Bobcats softball season with the head coach of the Bobcats, Mikel Barnes. And first of all, Coach, obviously, um, the Florida trip coming up pretty soon. Um, lots of games we play, like two each day, and what and whatnot. What is that like to you know have doubleheaders each day down there?
8: You know, we're really excited. First and foremost, to uh, feel some warm weather um so i think you know we have a lot of excitement going into this trip as as we do every year um two games for four days straight um you know i think i i don't think it's a huge deal i think a lot of the players with travel ball experience have played you know seven games in one day and so eight games in four days um it's a little different, obviously, travel ball compared to college. But I think, you know, obviously, just the excitement of being down there and finally getting to touch dirt for the first time, um, we look forward to it. So bring it on.
0: You know, it's a loss to have Karen Lockhart graduate, obviously, since she set so many Bates records offensively. But you've got some good offensive players coming back, right?
8: Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're re- really looking at Maddie and Dre to lead us this. This spring. Uh, both hit 392 for us last year, which is phenomenal. Um, and we're looking for them to really pick up where they left off.
0: Well, Andre did that as a first year, which really shows she had no problem adjusting to college ball at all.
8: Right, exactly. She's a, a well-oiled machine coming from a really competitive travel program so um you know a lot of the competition that we face she's used to in in that travel ball setting but dre really embraces the challenge Uh, she leads off for us and uh she she likes to be in that situation so she's not afraid of it which is great
0: and then this team is kind of a new look roster it's a lot a lot of newcomers who are some newcomers who you're really excited about
8: yeah we have a lot of new faces this year which is which is great um the team chemistry is off the charts. Uh it's it's a lot of fun to be around. I would say uh you know Kirsten Pelletier from Oakland Maine. Um she last year was 2016 Gatorade Player of the Year and Maine Softball Player of the Year. I, um I think she had like 185 strikeouts in 105 innings pitched, which is insane. Uh so we're really looking forward to her impact. I think anytime you have a pitcher who can throw like that, um y- you're in a really good position um, every time we go out. So uh, looking forward to her, I, I think, um, you know, Julia Treadwell, she should, she's from Falmouth, Maine. She should give us another solid um, hitter in the lineup, which is great. And then India Wilmington from New York City, who's really come on strong lately and, and has shown significant improvement, which has been a great, um, you know, pleasant surprise. And, and, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what she can do for us this spring.
0: You touched on Pelletier and how much of a star pitcher she was there at Veselonsky High School. And, you know, some pe- sometimes people say, like, oh, well, the most important position in sports is, like, the quarterback in football. I would say it's probably the pitcher in softball. What do you think?
8: I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm biased, right? So I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, they touch the ball every single play. And where it differentiates from baseball, they can pitch every single right. inning of every single game. Um so, you know, certainly anytime you have a pitcher who who wants to eat that up and, and get after it is really exciting, and um, they can take over a game. And we've seen that, um, you know, with who we've played against, Allison Fournier from Tufts, um, who was drafted pro. Um, you can just dominate a game, and that's, you know, it's, it's a, that's a challenge within itself. Um, but I think it you adds a, another unique layer of um, just what softball brings to the table.
0: And Pelletier brings that competitive edge to the table. Where if you need her every day, she's there.
8: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She, I mean, I we have to tame her, you know, a little bit. She <laughs> she would want to pitch five hours, seven days a week, and so we have to reel her back in sometimes. And um, so it's been a, it's been a fun off season, um, and it's great to see just her development. Um, more well-rounded take place, which is which is always fun from the coaching side of things.
0: And then from a pitching perspective, I mean, coming from high school to college, even if you have all that travel ball experience, what's some of the biggest adjustments players uh, pitchers normally run into that they have to make?
8: I'd say pace, uh, the pace of the game. I think um, when you move from travel ball to college ball, there's a lot of secondary plays that take place, either you know runners trying to grab that extra 60 feet as much as they can um and so i say the pace of the game significantly increases uh and so that's that's always an adjustment and then the hitting the hitting is is always better uh and so pitchers really have to hit their spots and if they leave a flat one more it's not going to be missed so
0: Right, right. And then, um, you know, among the players on this team who are kind of returning, who are maybe some more under the radar who maybe weren't headliners last year who you're looking for a big D season from?
8: Yeah, I think uh, our two juniors, Tori Fitzgerald and Paige Alholm, are ready to to – step it up for us, um, probably more offensively than anything else. They're both they've always been solid um, defensive players. Tori behind the plate I mean she's a general back there. She knows the game. Paige, Paige is always that consistent um, corner infielder who just makes the plays you know, day after day so uh, we're looking forward to, to Paige and Tory stepping it up for us um, offensively and I and I think the pieces are in place for them to do that.
0: So for some of the returnees this year, how important is, you know, to go down to Florida, you know, get some early Ws to say, okay, this year is going to be, you know, different from the struggles of last season?
8: I think, you know, anytime you you win, it's always fun, right? It always adds another layer of fun um to the process. But I think, you know, we we go down there with um more of a process-oriented goal, whereas, you know, obviously touching dirt for the first time is Much different than um, many other teams face. And and that's, uh, I think we embrace that challenge. Um, But we go down there and we focus on being our best possible self and, um, you know, competing with ourselves and making sure that, you know, we're maximizing our potential but also improving um, some of our weaknesses. And and if we do that more often than not, then I think we're going to be in a good place um, to be successful. So that's that's how we approach this Florida trip. Uh, you know, certainly if we can come back with some wins under our belt, then I think we're going to be feeling good about um, in a few weeks when we open up our NESCAC series against
0: Tufts. I noticed the team's impression on Garcelon feel a little bit. What's that like?
8: So yeah, which is different for us this year. Um, uh, typically, we've had JB in the past um, open up, and, and unfortunately, it hasn't worked out uh, this year. So we've we've had to. Um, change things up a little bit and, and get outside on Garcelon. Which anytime you can go outside, it's fun, right? Hitting a fly ball inside the gray cage is kind of an art, um, <laughs> with all the you know the soundboards and lights and um, so. When anytime we can get outside on Garcelon um, and get a full field in, uh, you really. You don't think about it until you don't have it, and then when we go outside on lawn, it's just it's fun. It's great. It's great being outside. I always joke about getting a little sun kissed and they're like, "No, coach, you have windburn. It's not
4: it's not sun."
8: So, um, yeah, we, we we certainly enjoy going outside.
0: And then looking at the NESCAC kind of in general, where is it staying right now in terms of softball conferences? I know for most sports it's you know, typically one of the toughest conferences. Do you see that with softball as well? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh,
8: you know, you look at three out of the last four NCAA champions has come from the NESCAC, um, which, which is great because you have to beat the best to be the best. Um, you know, it, it is also a fun challenge when uh, – you are young and trying to, you know, transition and become more competitive that all right, we're we're playing against the best and um, you know, there's there's probably five or six teams that can really uh shake up the top, you know, fifteen in the nation. So, um we look forward to it though, right? I mean, that's why you play sports, is cause you want to be
0: challenged. Absolutely. Well we're looking forward to the upcoming softball season getting started well, what, this week, right down there in Florida. Mikhail Barnes, thanks so much. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll tell you how the skiing and track and field teams did at the NCAA Championships. There'll be lots of softball games to talk about, and the lacrosse, baseball, and tennis programs are all in action as well. We'll recap it all and preview the NCAA Championships for the swimming programs. Next time on the Bates Bobcast.